Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. This is the Jamal Show. Jamal C. Wright. Jamal. Jamal. This is the Jamal Show. Hello. What a great morning it is to be alive. I've been told not to be as loud, so I'm trying to come down a little bit. Welcome to the Jamal Show on WKND 97.5 FM, 1480 AM. I am Jamal C. Wright, your host. Thanks for being with us. Please like the Jamal Show on Facebook. We post lots of interesting stuff there. You can email us at jamalshowradio at gmail.com. My name is spelled J-A-M-A-L, jamalshowradio at gmail.com. Don't forget that I am an attorney, so if you need my help for bankruptcy or anything else I can, I'm confident for, which isn't much, you can contact me at that email or on the Facebook page, however you want to do it, or on the street. Quick disclaimer, before my station manager kills me, please don't forget that my views do not represent those of this station, as we are two separate entities. Gotta say hello to all my people on Facebook, watching me on Facebook Live. Also, I want to say hello to our beautiful family of sponsors. First, we had the Hartford Smiles Dental Center at uh, Center at uh, 11 Asylum Street in Hartford. Dr. Wilfred Sampson, he's the boss at that establishment. They joined our team first. Much love out to him. More recently, we have been welcoming on another lovely company. This one called Bolton Financial. Very nice financial services firm out here in Windsor, Connecticut, owned by minorities, just like the Hartford Dental Center. The principal of that firm, Araba Bolton, is a very personable lady, an immigrant with a great service. She will be visiting us here in the studio next week on August 3rd. We are looking forward to that. We will be talking about long-term care in America. I know you've never heard of that, and that's why we're going to be talking about it next week. With Araba Bolton from Bolton Financial. She's great at that. I call her the long-term care lady. If you stop by to see any of our show sponsors, please tell them J- Jamal sent you. You may get yourself a discount. One more great big piece of news is that you will now be able to find this show as a podcast if you look. It'll be everywhere. Uh, it will be appearing everywhere over the next few days, even on your cell phone. We are really, really excited about that here on the show. I also got contacted by our Hartford City Councilwoman, RJ Wentz, R. Joe Wentz, excuse me, and she will be making an appearance here soon as well, hopefully next week. But we've got a lot to cover today, so let's get started on the Jamal Show, WKND 97.5 FM. A lot happened this week. There was some big news. And when I say big news, you're probably thinking of when the American Congress received a planned visit from Congress's grandfather, that being Robert Mueller. And yes, that was big, but I have something bigger, and we're going to get to the bigger thing. But after over two years, Bob Mueller has finally stepped forward and testified to Congress about his report on the crimes that stand-up comedian Donald Trump definitely committed. Let me be clear. Mueller didn't say Trump definitely committed those crimes, but I'm saying that. Because I have eyes, so do you. And no one can convince me that I didn't see the whole Trump family lie about all the meetings they had with foreign bad guys. Now, with that said, 
I addressed this topic a few shows ago when I told you to imagine the situation. Put yourself in this situation, I said. You see a bank robbery happen before your eyes. And then a few weeks later, you find out in the paper that the bank robbers you saw rob the bank, they beat the case on a technicality. Now, the prosecutor who lost the case releases a report that says the bank robbery actually never happened. It never happened. You didn't see that. Here's the question. Did you see a bank robbery? The strong-minded people will say, yes, I did. The weak-minded people will come out and say, well, you know, who knows? Everyone else is saying that I didn't say it. That I didn't see it, excuse me. Did you not see it because a report told you that you didn't? Look, I'm not even, I don't even really want to get into this today, to be honest with you. I told you this show would be different, but I want to summarize my gripes um, really quickly on this whole Mueller thing, and then we're just going to chill back and let things actually happen. But I, I want to move on to something more important today, something important to your wallet, something that uh, reflects. Um, where you are in your financial standing And that's more important than this stuff right now So, But I do want to put up some gripes right quick while, while it's timely So let me just say this The special counsel law That was weakened um, Many people remember that when Bill Clinton Was, uh, was impeached We had this guy named Ken Starr He was, he was uh, appointed under a different law The independent counsel law Which sets the, the lawyer that's Investigating the president as separate from the president, not under him. This is a special counsel. This is a special counsel law. They, they ruled that first law unconstitutional, of course, after impeaching Clinton, of course. Um, and so this special counsel law puts the special prosecutor underneath the executive branch, which means that, you know, if your boss really wants to mess with you, he can mess with you, right? It doesn't have to be in a paper, right? So the law was flawed here. Point number two, and a lot of people are going to say this is, uh, this is something that they've been expecting, but I'm not really throwing Mueller under the bus, but he was the wrong guy to hire for this job. This man is 74 years old. Did you see him on TV? He sounded like he just wanted to go back to his rocking chair. Now, not to say that 74-year-olds, there's something wrong with them. I know I saw a 74-year-old in a gym just yesterday. I took pictures of because he was so cut up. You know what I'm saying? So... You know, I'm not an ageist, but this guy has some challenges with, some, with his health, obviously. You want a young whippersnapper. He seems like he's suffering from some kind of illness that remains unnamed. He doesn't seem to want the job even more so. Like, why did he take this job? He didn't know that there's going to be media and he's going to have to go in front of Congress. You gave it to me, I'd have been like, yo, yo, here's my report. And um, I know I'm going to be going to Congress to back this up, right? I mean, even... Doctor, people that get their doctorate have to go in front of the board with a dissertation. They can't just be like, yo, here's my doctorate. I'll be receiving my um, doctorate in the mail. Here's my dissertation. I'll be receiving my doctorate in the mail. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Send it to my address. Put the, put the check in the mail. You know what I'm saying? They make you come and defend it. And this guy from the very beginning, I don't want to get too into this. Let me, I'm, I'm getting too deep. Let me just make my other point. But from the very beginning, he didn't want to, like, cooperate. He was like, yeah, no. Send me a subpoena, dude. Make me come. I mean, come on. So, and he sounded kind of tired. Like, he was like, you know, I just want to get this over with and go back to my rocking chair and start kicking, like, kids off my lawn. So, you know, it is what it is. We needed a young whippersnapper to help save America. Not some old guy who wants to, like, talk in riddles. Like, oh, I'm not going to say he did do it. 
Maybe he did it, but I wasn't there, and you weren't there either. And if we were there, he would, come on, what's all this riddle stuff? If it was Jamal, I'd have been like, yo, yo, this man is guilty. I would have started off the whole, like, congressional hearing with, yo, this man is guilty. Ask me why. Any of you, start. That's how I would have went. But he's not me. I'm not him, whatever. Uh, he's a Republican, blah, blah, blah. I'm, I'm going to get to this later on. I want to move on. I'm certain I will have plenty of time to talk about stand-up comedian Donald Trump and his crimes in the future because I'm sure they haven't ended. Today I have even more important story to tell you about and more important information because it concerns your wallet. More importantly, your credit report. Many people know that I'm a bankruptcy attorney, um, or at least I, I, I call myself one on the radio, and I can tell you that there's something more important going on. I want to tell you a little story about a company that collects information on other people for profit. They do a mediocre job at it, and at the end, they ended up with a settlement to reimburse all of their consumers just this past week, so it's relevant. In September of 2017, Equifax, one of the big three consumer reporting agencies, reported one of the biggest data breaches in history. Hackers had gained access to the company's data, data on millions of consumers. Once again, these are the people who collect data on you and then sell it. They score your financial profile in order to tell others whether you are credit worthy. Um, I wonder who's going to tell them about their worthiness now. Now that they have neglected your information. Anyway, I move on. Data from 148 million consumers, that's almost half the country, uh, was compromised. That's pretty bad. That probably includes you, power listener, if you're part of this country. And this is even worse because your credit means even more these days than it ever has. People get turned down for jobs because of bad credit. They can't get homes or apartments. In this capitalist country, life is hard without at least one credit card. Somebody should write that in the rhyme, especially if you're a traveler. Now, just last week, a little redemption came. The Federal Trade Commission ruled Monday that Equifax will have to pay up to $700 million in individual compensation and civil penalties because of the biggest data breach in history due directly to their neglect. Which begs the question. Should they be trusted with this information to make a profit from it in the first place, right? You can only let the cat out of the bag once. So should they still even have this power? What does this mean to you? Well, if you were affected by the 2017 Equifax data breach, you can now file a claim for a piece of the settlement of this $700 million that they're giving out. You can request a claim be mailed to you by calling I'm going to give this number but all this stuff is on the Facebook page so whatever you don't write down you can always get this probably includes you uh, because it, half the country got breached right so um, a little later I'm going to tell you how to actually check but 833-759-2982 that's the number you call to request a claim be mailed to you if you're a little bit older and you don't deal with the internet or if you just don't deal with the internet if you do deal with the internet, you got EquifaxBreachSettlement.com. EquifaxBreachSettlement.com. They are accepting claims right now. To confirm you're eligible to file a claim, all you got to do is enter your last name and the last six digits of your social security number. Isn't that funny? They, um, they want more information to tell you whether your information got hacked or not. But not your whole social security number, the last six digits. Now, you can get up to t this is what you can get. This is kind of interesting. 
You can get up to 10 years in f- free credit monitoring, or you can receive $125 in cash. And I, I think I'm, I'm thinking that a lot of people are going to go for the cash. But if you actually got breached, if during this time, any time after 2011, you actually got breached, um, you, ha- you have something in your credit report that you don't recognize, then they will give you up to $20,000. And I suspect that a lot of people will get that. Since half the country was affected by this attack, you may very well have some money coming to you. But you probably didn't know that because the media had you fixated with tweets, right? See, that's what I'm trying to avoid today. I want to get to something different for a minute. I can always go back to, um, to the stand-up comedian in office. If you miss any of my references on getting this money, it's all going to be posted on the Jamal Fo- Show Facebook page. It's already there right now, in fact. And let me just add that it will be on the podcast forever, pretty much, um, as of today. But I have a little more. Some people already know that I'm an attorney that specializes in bankruptcy. Some of you know that I've been known to give credit seminars um, to school people on the ins and outs of the credit report industry. And today, if I have time, I have a lot of material, I intend to use the benefit of my experience on your behalf. So after the break, I'm going to take a little break, drink some of this coffee. I'm going to be giving you a primer on credit reports. I think that this week it might be a little bit more important than what um, the jokes that this stand-up comedian has to say in in the White House. So... I'm going to be giving you my credit report seminar. You may want to get a pen. If you don't have one, the episode of The Jamal Show will be posted as a podcast. You're welcome. But I'm running short on time, so let's uh, go ahead and get to this break. Let's break this new record by Todd Bless. This is The Jamal Show on WKND 97.5 FM. Uh, Credit seminar coming next. Step by me So darling, darling, stay 
Hello, hello, I am back. Even though my voice doesn't sound as good as a Ty Bless song. I believe every time I play a Ty Bless song, an angel gets his wings, right? <laughs> Any case, let's get started. This is my credit seminar. I'm going to start with the basics. I'm going to assume that uh, you don't really know as much. What do I mean by consumer credit? Consumer credit is any loan that is for personal or consumer goods, like credit cards, uh, car loans, home loans, home equity loans, etc. Hope you can hear me clearly. This can include cell phone bills, if you have a contract phone, uh, bills for cable and internet, if they are contract based. These are contract based based bills. The thing that ties all these events together is that a business organization is loaning you money or affording you services for payment later. Now, this is important because your record of payment is recorded by credit reporting agencies, and we're going to go through that. What is a credit reporting agency? Okay, the three big ones are Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion, but you should know that they exist in every in industry. They really do. Um, the, the banks have one called Check Systems. Um, I mean, businesses have one for each other. Uh, the DB cards done in Bradstreet. This is a multi-billion-dollar industry, and all these companies are, the at least the three big ones, are publicly traded on the New York Stock Exchange. This means that they have a lot of money, basically speaking, and they're well established. I'm just messing with some of these uh, controls in here to make sure everything's coming through correctly. If you can hear me, raise your hand. In any case, the top three are direct competitors, um, but they are not the only ones in the industry. They are a few, and many times they serve different roles in the industry. Once again, another important one is check systems. If you've ever owed money to a bank that you know who check systems is, they actually prevent you from opening um, another account in another bank until you uh, clear the first account. Most banks are subscribed to check systems, so it's kind of like a monopoly. These credit reporting agencies make a business out of reporting your payment histories to people who loan money for profit. These reports are considered extremely valuable. So let's talk a little bit about them. What is a credit report and why is it important? Uh, somebody contact me on Facebook Live if you don't hear me. Many of you have seen a credit report before, especially if you've lost a job because of one or what have you. The one that you have is a consumer copy of your credit report. In other words, this is not the copy that the loan organizations see. This consumer report contains all, all the information that the loan organizations use to come to their decision now on your loan application, whatever it be, a house or a car, whatever. The loan organizations largely rely on a score. This is important. It's called a FICO score, which is calculated from the information on the report from one of the three credit reporting agencies. So you have a different FICO score for, even, for each agency. And Negative information on your report remains for about seven years, 10 if it's a bankruptcy. Now, what is a FICO score? This is kind of important because most people don't have any idea about what this, is, what, what this is. The FICO score is a score that is supposed to evaluate your risk to be loaned money. And it gives you a numerical score that goes from 350 to 850. 850 would be considered perfect credit. There are a number of imposter credit scores out there that are not FICO scores. I call them imposter scores because 
there's only one score used universally by all loan organizations, and that's the FICO score. It's the only one company that has the right to use it. So, in fact, um, you have FreeCreditReport.com and Credit Karma. Those are all, in fact, services to market you their credit scoring model to compete with FICO. So they track FICO. You can tell if you're going up and down. But those are not the scores that are used by the loan organizations that give you money. Um, so imposter scores can still be useful in gauging your progress and improving your score. But they are not the same scores that lenders use. Keep in mind that each reporting agency has its own FICO score. Because the information that the three agencies have on you will be slightly different. If you notice, if you got all your three, three reports before, sometimes... One contains information that the other one doesn't. Now, FICO stands for Fair Isaac and Company. This is a data analytics company based in San Jose, California, focused on credit, credit scoring services. And they have a patent on the actual algorithm that computes your, your, your FICO score. Nobody else knows it in the world except that company. And that's why they're able to make so much money off of it. So whenever you see a FICO score, it's being licensed directly from that company. That's pretty much all they sell. I mean, they have other products now that circle around the FICO score, but that's pretty much all they sell. Now, how do you check your credit score? This is really important because if you go online, you'll find that there's nothing but opportunities to pay money to get your credit report. As far as I'm concerned... And I always tell clients this, you should never have to pay for your credit report. All consumers are entitled to get one free copy of their credit report annually. This report is available, available at annualcreditreport.com. Now, I, I put an emphasis on annual because there's also a site called freecreditreport.com, and that's just kind of a, um, that's a, a fake site. I mean, it's not fake. It's actually there, but it's a site. Okay, let me explain Maybe if I explain, it'll be easier. The federal government mandated that the three credit reporting agencies put out a site that allows you to get your credit report online once a year from each one of them. That's annualcreditreport.com. They don't like having to put that site up. They're not really your friends. If you if you get the, the story I'm painting here, like they just see, view you as an investment. You're not even their customer. Their customer are the loan agencies that are trying to loan you money, that are paying money for this. So... They don't like having to put this site up. It's called annualcreditreport.com. So in order to stop you from going to that site, they actually advertise their other site, which is kind of fake, called freecreditreport.com, which is really just a site that is meant to collect your vitals, your data and stuff like that, and try to find ways to sell you things. So once again, it's annualcreditreport.com. That is a legit one. Freecreditreport.com, the one with the nice song on the commercial, that's just meant to... Um, Manipulate and take advantage of you to a certain extent. Go to annualcreditreport.com. Your free copy of your credit report does not contain your FICO credit score, actually. It just contains information on who you owe. But there's an option to get that score for a small fee. Now, the point I'm trying to make here is you can't really get your FICO score without paying for it, generally speaking. There are ways around that, and we're going to get to that later on. But this company has a lockdown on this, on this patent. And they want to make sure that they get paid for their little algorithm that people have been using for, for decades. So it's trusted by the institutions. Um, so you get your free copy of your credit report from annualcreditreport.com, and it doesn't contain your FICO score. 
Now, let's just say you want another copy. Like, you're able to keep your, your, your file open. You want another copy, and you want more than three that you get a year. You know, the three you get from each one. Anytime you're denied a loan, a credit card, or a job based on your credit report, you're entitled to a free copy. So, a lot of times, you can just, I mean, no lawyer would ever advise you to lie, but a lot of times, you can just call up the credit reporting agency and say, hey, man, I got turned down for a job about this. Send me my credit report. And they will. You know what I'm saying? That you know, it's not it's not hard to get a free credit report. Don't ever pay for one. Many of the banks that control our nation's credit card portfolio now make your credit score available online when you log in and you see a monthly statement. So you don't have to pay for your credit score either, it turns out, if you have a relationship like Discover Card, for example, or American Express. Some of your banks some of the banks will do it to you for free to try to keep your business. Many credit card companies offer you your FICO score for free as a cardholder, like I just said. Discover is kind of special. Discover card is kind of special. It's now offering a free FICO score available to anybody, not just their cardholders, making it the first credit card company to do so. Um, I'll put that up on the Jamal Facebook page, but it's creditscorecard.com. Creditscorecard.com. Now, let's get on to what is a good credit score for a minute, because a lot of people don't know that. A person's FICO score can range between 300 and 850 points. The goodness of a credit score is kind of broken down this way. Anything above 660 is considered good credit. Anything below 620 is considered poor credit, pretty much. So if you're above 660, yeah, you can go get a house loan. You might not be paying a very good price for it, but you can get one. The things that impact your credit score, it's important to know as well. The big thing is timeliness of payment. So here's the thing. If you really care about your credit score, and, and we're getting to a position now where you have to. You have to if you want a decent apartment or if you want a chance at a decent house in a decent neighborhood. You know, they check your credit score now for insurance claims um, to get to get car insurance. Um it's, it's, it's amazing how far they're throwing this. It can affect your kid going to college, all types of stuff. So if you know it affects all these things, little things like timeliness of payments, if you, you know, being a day late makes a big difference. It's much better to be a day early if you can. Your amount of payments makes a difference. We all get into the habit of paying the minimum of what they'll accept. Makes sense, right? Nobody's rich here. But if you were to add just five dollars to your payment, it could increase your credit report, your credit report um, score significantly month to month. So putting just five dollars extra can make the difference. The percentage of your credit card balance used. Okay, let's say you have a credit card that allows you to borrow a thousand dollars, and nine hundred dollars of it is borrowed. That's going to hurt your credit score a great deal. You want to keep it at around three hundred. You want to keep it at about 30% usage of all your credit cards if you can. That puts you in a perfect pilot position for your score to go up the most every month. The length of time an account has been open and active matters as well. Um, this is why cre uh, people in college don't have credit, right? But someone who's 60 can get houses and cars and stuff because they've had a credit file open for a while. And the idea here is... The implication here is that the longer you've had, you've been dealing with credit, the more responsible you are. That's the idea they're feeding off of. 
The total amount of debt matters. If you have credit card, if you have, I have a friend with 30 credit cards, and she probably has like $300,000 on it. That matters. No one's going to want to loan you money if you already owe John 300000 The chances of me getting my money if you already owe John 300000 are a lot less than if you owe John nothing. Public records such as criminal records and bankruptcy. Bankruptcy matters a lot, but usually by the time ba- people go bankrupt, their credit's already splat, right? They're using bankruptcy to come back up. The number of open credit accounts matters as well. And uh, the number, the, the, the severity of late payments. And I think I mentioned that earlier. So let's turn that around a little bit and start answering this. How do you build your credit? If you have none particularly. There are only a few ways to do this, and this is really important. The first way is uh, secured credit cards. They take a little time. Secured credit cards come in all flavors. These are when you give the bank a security deposit. Say... You give them $500, and then they give you a credit card that allows you to use $500, but you pay the payments. It's a way to secure their risk. They find you risky if you have no credit report. So give them $500, and the idea is that after a year, after six months, or after their specified period of time, they will turn your secured card into a regular credit card, and your score goes up as you make payments. There's some great secured cards out here. But, once again, they're hard to find. I'll give you two of them. CreditWise by Capital One. They have a program called CreditWise. And also, Amazon just came out with a new program that sounds good because it doesn't have any fees called the new Amazon Credit Builder card. And so, these cards can help you if you have a very small credit history or no credit history. And you can't just sign on your mother's card or what have you to build your credit history. There's a lot of different ways to do this. Um, wait, if if you just put in Google Credit Builder, you'll come up with a lot of op- options. Not every bank has it. There's also Fresh Start programs. Now, these are very hard to find. My preferred way to get a credit to, for you to get better credit is more of a fast track. Join a credit union that has a Fresh Start program and apply for their credit card. The Fresh Start program is an informal name for any number of initiatives at credit unions that are geared towards people who have never had credit before. Now, if you didn't get the theme here, credit unions are better than banks. A lot better. They're cheaper. They give you the best deal. I mean, never go to a big bank for a house loan. Don't, never go to a big bank for any kind of loan unless you're a business, unless you're like Costco or something. As far as I'm concerned, I have no reason to ever step in the Bank of America. They're not for me. They're for like their commercial bank. They deal with big money. Anything they deal with you for, they're going to overcharge you for. They're going to charge you $35 for a bounce check. And they're going to take their, they're going to do their withdrawals before the deposits to make sure your check bounces. So you should, all working people should have at least one credit union account. And I know you have to join them. The banks made it that way. They lobbied Congress to make it so they wouldn't have to compete against credit unions head to head. So they made it so you have to join a credit union and actually um, um, fulfill requirements like being a union or whatever. But there are credit unions for everybody out here and you should have at least one. So that's my preferred way is a fresh start program. These credit unions have fresh start programs for people who have bad credit and want to turn it around. Ask your credit union if they have that. Now, there's even there's some new technology going on here in this, in this industry, which allows us 
to use several apps in uh in different websites. There's a there's a new one that I like a lot called selflender.com. That's selflender.com. They basically give you a CD. You pay into a CD and they record that in your credit reports. And then at the end of 12 months, they just pay, they pay you the money you paid into the CD like it's yours. It is yours. And the fees are only like 80, 80 bucks or something. It's, it's crazy. It's a really good way because you're saving money while you're building your credit score. So everyone should check out selflender.com. That's selflender.com. I really like that site. Um, now, if you already have a credit history... The idea is maintaining that. How do you maintain the score? Well, number one, keep your credit card balances low. Keep them below 75%. Because above 75%, you know, you start, it starts hitting your score. If you can. I know it's all the answers to this in this seminar are kind of like, have money, right? Hey, if you have money, this problem never happened to you. Make sure you pay more if you can, you know? I think the theme that I'm trying to put through here is that incremental... Um, um, Incremental success is still success. So even if it's three dollars more, you can pay every, instead of the minimum every month. Pay three dollars more; it makes a big difference. Cre- credit can replace money sometimes when you need it in an emergency. Right? We all know this. So, if you have a history, keep balances low if you can, as low as you can. And if it gets so bad that you need a fresh start. You can consider bankruptcy. Now, for some people who never, ever will reasonably escape consumer debt on their own, that's what bankruptcy is for. It's due to circumstances. It's usually seen as necessary for those who owe double their income. So if you make $50,000 a year or if you make $30,000 a year, for example, and your debt is sixty, chances are you'll never be able to catch up with that. And you should at least consider bankruptcy. But definitely talk to an attorney first. I have some suggestions. I'm going to take a quick break before my voice cracks. Or maybe I'll go a little further. Because I want to get into what credit repair is about. There's a lot of scams out here uh, when it comes to credit repair. And I I think I'm going to save that for a minute. Let's let's, uh, take a little break. And I'll come back. We're going to talk about what credit repair is. There's a lot of talk out here about credit repair. A lot of people trying to get you to give them money. We're going to use our last 20 minutes, I think, to go into that and some other things. And I hope you're enjoying. This is going to be on podcast if you miss it. This is The Jamal Show. I'm sagging them, we're kissing the chicken, I'm bagging them. Roof of the heat, I've been wagging them. Hey, hey, I'm living in peace, I'm not mad at them. Wanna wake up the beast, pass a magnum. I need this release to go platinum. Hey, hey. I'm not in the mood for the tricks Wanna be stuck in the groove with a spliff Think I don't know that you fool with them bricks Leaving the strippers posing just like Nicks Hey, you haters are sick Trolling me, gossiping all in my mix Thinking I'm not gonna give her this Hey, flipping the zip and she came in the lick When we go outside, we be dabbing all the way When you wanna ride, we be dabbing all the way Let's get in the sink, yeah. Let's get at the rank, forget what they think, yeah. You're rocking that pink, yeah. Rockin' the link, I 
that pass on that break yeah. We got it on sale We not gonna fail Checks in the mail We post in the bail My goons out of jail I'm throwing down south Making a smoky ass beat with my mouth Making a chunky OG work it out Shaking that monkey and making it bounce Hey, we pay by the house Puffing on one side and making it count Burning our stress out and taking it out Ladies, you love me, they're posting and shout When we go outside, we be diving all the way When you wanna ride, we be diving all the way Ty Bless. This is the Jamal Show on WKND 97.5 FM, 1480 AM. Every Saturday at 10 AM, you got Jamal here. And today we are talking about credit reports a little bit. Very important discussion. Hope I'm not boring you too much because this is important. I always said that this show would have a little bit of consumer stuff in it because I'm so involved in that stuff. And I wanted to give you the benefit of my knowledge. And so we're talking about credit reports, but... I'm up to what a credit repair uh, organization is about because there's a lot of offers out here for credit repair. And a lot of people get involved in that, and almost everyone that I speak to is sorry they got involved in it. So when people talk about credit repair, they're generally relying on four legislative acts of Congress that heavily regulate credit reporting agencies. There's no need to get into the specifics of the laws. I'm not going to bore you with that. But the important part is that the information in your credit report must be entirely correct. This is difficult for them to achieve when, in reality, the debt that you owe our organization is pretty much always going up. It's always moving up. They have this thing called compound interest that's always compounding. Now, if the information on your credit report is not correct, it must be corrected within a reasonable amount of time, which would be 30 days in most cases. If the information on your credit report cannot be corroborated or is not corrected within 30 days, the credit reporting agencies must erase it. Very strictly applied law. But it doesn't stop the creditor from putting the trade line back on your report if they find proof later. Now, this is important. They must erase it. The must erase it part is the part that credit repair agencies are counting on. When they make an offer to you, they hey, pay me $1,800, pay me $500, I'll bring that your credit. They're counting on the fact that they can bamboozle the credit reporting agency into believing that this is some kind of mistake. Many companies take advantage of this loophole to sell you credit repair, but I, I highly advise against paying for credit repair. Once again, 
I highly advise paying for credit repair for two reasons. One, you can fix errors on your credit report yourself, and it's very, very easy. That's one. Online, you can even do it. It takes like 20, 30 minutes. Number two, nobody can guarantee that the negative credit marks will come off of your report. That's a fact. They'll tell you that they can. Oh, we're going to get bankruptcies off, whatever. They'll name everything. But the truth is that nobody can guarantee that. I mean, I guess if you had your own personal attorney that worked for a year, they could guarantee it. But they'd have to put in a whole lot of work to bamboozle this credit repair company. Because generally speaking, credit repair, I mean, excuse me, credit reporting agencies, are, they're, they're paranoid. They don't want lawyers. They don't want to talk to your lawyer. So they'll take it off for you instead of talking to your lawyer. Now, how about these credit settlement companies, right? Credit settlement companies are, are mostly scams as well. They perform a service that you can easily do yourself, you know. Maybe some people need the extra gumption from a company saying, hey, pay us this and we'll pay it to them. But you don't really need a third person between you and the people you owe. That's like you owe John, but you give your money to Mark first, and Mark takes 10% out, and then he gives the rest to John. And that kind of leaves you screwed. You could have just gave it to John yourself, right? If you call a credit company that you owe money to, or a loan organization you owe money to, they will be happy to negotiate with you. You can do that yourself. Tips on negotiating with credit companies is a whole different presentation, but you can find a lot of this stuff online very easily. Defend yourself is what I'm saying. A lot of these times, these companies will sue you. If you get a notice in the mail to go to court, and this, this is across the board, you got to go. Because if you don't go, they're going to take something from you. Something will be taken from you if you don't go to court. This is what I tell people all the time. You're not avoiding things by going to court. Like, you're not putting it off. If you want to put something off, go to court and say, Judge, I'd like to put something off. They'll actually let you. The judge probably doesn't want to see you either. I'm pretty sure my mother was a judge, right? She didn't want to see people either. She was glad to go to work at 8.30 and come back at 11 on, on light days. So the judge isn't all happy to see you either. If you want to be like, yo, I need another three weeks, I need another month and a half, sure, I'm going to have to see you anyway. They will give you extra time. Don't ever just not show up to court because you will lose something. Whether your apartment, if it's a civil case, whether it's a criminal case, your freedom, what have you. And they count all of your actions against you. So credit settlements, right? Credit settlement companies are mostly scams. You can do it yourself. How about credit monitoring? This is a big one, one right? Like LifeLock or True Credit. Should you pay a company every month to quote unquote monitor your credit? And and the service that they're giving you basically is saying, okay, when someone when someone robs you, we'll tell you. We'll tell you faster than you find out yourself. That's what they're saying. That's what monitoring means. Monitoring means I'm monitoring your door. Okay, someone just walked through it. Okay, someone just walked through your door. That's what monitoring is. I always advise against paying a monthly fee for credit monitoring because there's a better option, and it's called the credit freeze. Credit freezes are one of the most effective tools against economic ID theft available to consumers, and there's no monthly payment. Why would you pay? How many monthly payments do you already have? I mean, Hulu... I mean, Netflix, 
you know, Disney Channel's going to have one soon. CBS All Access. Um, you know, it used to be Blockbuster, but that wasn't even a monthly payment. That was just when you get a movie. But now everything's turning to monthly payments. Everybody wants a subscri- subscription so that they can forecast how much money they're going to make every quarter and give it to their investors and say, hey, you're going to make a profit. That's why there were contracts involved in cable, for example. Now, credit freezes allow you to seal your credit reports and use a personal identification number that only you know and can use to temporarily thaw your credit so that legitimate applications for credit and services can be processed. That added layer of security means that thieves can't establish new credit in your name even if they have your ID. Even if they have your ID, they can't, they can't violate your credit card. And this could cost you, how much is this? Freezing your credit files has no impact whatsoever on your existing lines of credit, such as credit cards. You can continue to use them regularly. The cost ranges from 3 to $10 per person, per bureau, to freeze a credit report. A couple of states have higher fees. But, and, and remember, it's, inc- it's imperative that you freeze your credit with all three credit bureaus. But once you do this, you don't need credit monitoring because nobody's even going to be able to use your, your credit. Even if they had your ID and credit card, unless they have that password, they can't use it. They can't fill out new credit. So you don't need somebody to tell you when you're robbed. You just won't get robbed. Now, it will cost you to thaw your credit if you want to apply for new credit or if you want to apply for a loan for a house or something like that. But that's 3 to $10. That's nothing. That's, uh, LifeLock wants like nine ninety nine a month for the whole year. That's like $120 a year. Just for someone to tell you when you got robbed. Bad deal. Bad deal. Now, I want to tell you about some of these credit collectors really quickly. We have about 15 minutes left. Uh, when you get calls from credit collectors, a lot of times these calls are coming from Buffalo, New York, uh, where a lot of these credit collectors have their call centers. Why? Because Buffalo has less regulations on call centers, of course. So they're able to hire felons or whoever needs a job to call you and make threats. You know, we're going to send you to jail. We're sending cops over. Pay this now. Let me just say this. You know, if, even if you owe a debt, never tell anybody online on, on a phone that you're going to pay them. The way the law works is if you have an old debt, say you owe $1,000 to a credit card. And once it hits past four years where they haven't collected from you, they can't sue you anymore. Unless you get on the phone and tell them you're going to send them money. That reopens the, the lawsuit. So never t- And they're recording you, by the way. They're recording you. That's another reason why they'd be calling from Buffalo, New York. Because it's legal to record on one side from New York. They don't have to tell you they're recording you. So if you say, the minute you say, I'll send you money, you're reaffirming the debt. You're saying, yes, I owe you this debt. Treat me like, start the, start the four years over again. Never. The best way to handle credit collectors when they call you for money and tell you, hey, just send us $5 on this $1,000. The minute you send them $5, they're going to use that to get more money from you because, hey, you just reaffirmed it. They don't have to go to court now because you just admitted to it. So the best way to handle credit collectors when they call you is to say, send me something in the mail about this debt. When I get something in the mail, I'll respond to it. That's all. Thank you. Oh, can I have your account? Please send me something in the mail, ma'am. Oh, well, give us your address, ma'am. Well, if you say I owe you money, then you have my address already. Right? 
you're calling me saying I owe you money. So send me something to the address you have on the contract that I signed that borrowed money from you. Send me something to that address. And when I get it, I'll respond to it. That's all you got to say. Don't put, don't implicate yourself. I'm going to have a seminar like this about what to do when you're pulled over by cops. And it's going to be very similar stuff. Don't give anyone enemy, and you got to consider someone trying to put you in jail as an enemy. Don't give anybody on the other side of you ammunition against you. If they have photos of you killing somebody, that's all fine and good. But you don't have to give it to them. That's what the Fifth Amendment is about. You know what I'm saying? And this goes for credit collectors, too. Don't stay on the phone longer than, like, 15 seconds with any credit collector saying, hey, I'm just calling you because you owe us this, you know, $50 from two years ago. It's like, send me something in the mail validating that you owe us, that I owe you this. Hey, we can move from there, sir. Oh, what's, are you working now? You know, once you send me that letter, you'll get all that information. Don't tell me you're working. Don't tell me, don't tell them call, call me at my work number. Don't give them, they're, they're recording information on you to collect money. If you do pay them, don't send them a check. These guys will take money out of your account. If you have a contract that says you owe money to somebody, your account is not safe. Because that contract will allow them to sue you. And if you don't get notice of that lawsuit, they will dock your account. And you'll go to the bank one day and your money will be un- unavailable for you. Probably on rent day as things go. So don't help these people. All right? And this goes doubly. I got a call before I came in to the station this morning from a 95-year-old woman that I consult who tells me about all these people get, trying to get money, money from them, credit collectors and stuff. You know, you got to watch after your parents too, people. You got to watch after your parents. The elderly are so abused in this, in this country. And uh, they're abused, they're targeted by people who know that they're not as sharp. And they used to pay for things. Oh, I got to pay. I'll just pay them. This woman, you know, called me this morning and said, you know, I got into a little accident and they gave me a loan of car. Now they're charging me $1,500 for the car they loaned me. Elderly people get abused and you have to watch after your parents, people. You do. What do you do if you feel you're being mistreated by a consumer credit company? And this goes for a bank as well. And let me just say this. This goes across the board. With every company you deal with. I just went to Miami for a month. Some people know about that. Had a tragedy happen, what have you. Um, on the way back, Spirit Airlines kind of screwed me. Now, everyone knows Spirit Airlines uh, leaves a lot to be desired sometimes. I didn't buy the flight, so don't blame me. Um, but I complained. I don't care if they're not even listening. I put something online. I went to their website. Bam. They got back to me within like two weeks. It was like, here's another flight for you. We suck, we know it, but yeah, here's another flight for you, dude. You complain. You're a squeaky wheel. We need oil for you. Complain. If a cop mistreats you, complain. If a credit company mistreats you, complain. If a bank mistreats you, complain. You can't take abuse from anybody. Um, I, when I'm in New York City, I don't go to stores with bulletproof glass anymore. I'm like, no, man, if you're going to take my money, deal with me face to face. If you're scared of me, then you're scared of my money as well. Complain directly to the institution. Financial companies are required to keep a log of all customer complaints. But you must call it a complaint. You can't just be like, I'm mad at y'all. It's be like, yo, I'd like to make a complaint. Let me speak to your supervisor. Demand respect and demand service. Wherever you go, restaurants, wherever. I'm talking to you black people because you're the one most guilty of not doing this. I'm speaking directly to you. 
Complain on social media. Financial companies frequently respond to complaints on Yelp, Google, and other social media. It's a normal practice for them to respond now. Uh, I'm working for a company now. I can't name one. It's obviously confidential. But as I'm reviewing their paperwork, I'm seeing that their company actually has a department that reviews social media. And they put out a newsletter throughout the whole company. Every week saying the social media is saying this about us. Oh, and they're saying this about McDonald's. Oh, and they're saying this about this company or whatever. They pay attention to that. Also, you can complain to the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. It's called the CFB, um, CFPB. Um, some people who are in politics have heard about Elizabeth Warren before. The first time she came on the scene is when Barack Obama created this organization, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau, and tried to make her the head of it. Of course, the Republicans blocked it, but that's another story for another day. Um, they support the rights of consumers against banks and other financial institutions, and they have a lot of strength. I mean, not so much under this administration, but they will be restored one day. You should complain anyway. Complain even if nobody hears you. Uh, one of my favorite quotes from Martin Luther King um, is I'm reminded by it. He said once, sometimes you have to fight even if you know you won't win. And sometimes you have to refrain from fighting even when you know you will win. I believe that the, knowing the difference when to apply each strategy is kind of the secret to life. It's what makes you wise. Now, really quickly, I only have about seven minutes left, so I want to talk about disputing error. I told you that you can fix your own credit report earlier, and I just want to give you a little primer on that really quickly. When you get a negative mark in your credit report, it's either true or not. All right? You look at your credit report. You go to annualcreditreport.com, and you look at it, and it's either going to be true or not. So you can either negotiate it or dispute it, basically. If it's true that you owe this money, you can negotiate the money. If it's not true, then you can dispute it. Disputing trade lines is very easy. Some people have been known to dispute things that they know are theirs and still get it cut off of their credit report. So just know that. No, no attorney would ever advise you to lie. Keep that in mind as well. There are three ways to dispute it. On phone, by mail, or using the Internet. Now... The internet is very easy. For stuff that you know is not yours, you've never seen it before, dispute on the internet. If they can't prove it to the credit reporting agency, then they have to take it off. But if you have a serious charge like, you know, $3,000 resort fee, something big that you need to get rid of, the only real way to do it is by mail. And there's lots of stuff online about I'm going to put stuff on the, uh, I already have some stuff on the Jamal Soul Facebook page right now that you can look at. To help advise you if you're in this position um, Or if you need to contact me even I'm, I might put these show notes up And you can actually have the, the 10 pages of show notes That I have for the subject Where it has the information for selflender.com And stuff like that I just want you to be good people And you can't be good unless you know about this stuff You know what it's about You know what, how the industry works We can get back to politics next week Maybe We'll see what happens We have some visitors coming in so you got to dispute by mail if you have a big charge. But otherwise, you got some small stuff. Go to annualcreditreport.com today. Look it up. Look, pull up at least one of your reports. A lot of people, since they only get one per year for each uh, credit reporting agency, they, they space it out. They get one in the first three months. They, the next six months, they get the other one. And they spread it out through the year. 
because they generally say the same things. They'll be off a little bit, but they'll generally say the same thing. And you don't know how your credit's doing until you need it. Don't wait till you need it. You want to be secure. This is part of your security. What if you need an emergency surgery or something? You don't want to wait till you have cancer to be like, oh, I wonder if I have space on my credit report. <laughs> you, know, you don't want to do that. Life is about being secure sometimes, right? Um, Araba Bolton, as I was speaking to her last week, she gave me this quote that's actually true. She said, you know, most of the people that die on Mount Everest die coming down. So it's a lack of preparation and lack of readiness that sometimes brings us down. Let me just say this. A lot of the stuff, um, if you want to dispute, is online, or you can contact me through the Jamal Show Facebook page. Um, you can also negotiate um, stuff that you do know is yours. You have a $1,000 bill from three years ago that they can still see you on. You know it's yours. You want to be honest about this. Usually credit, um, credit loan agencies will give you a deal. If you can make three payments on it. So say you owe $1,000, you make three payments of $300, you'll get away with it. You can even uh, say, I'll pay you half. That's all I have. That's all you're ever going to get. I've actually done that for a debt for somebody else for $15,000. And I got her to pay like seven. And they took it and they wiped it off her credit report. So just know this stuff is all negotiable. But you got to watch it. No one else is going to watch it for you. And you don't want to wait till you need it. You're stuck in Jamaica and your credit card just got shut down. <laughs> you know, you don't want to wait till you need it. So I just wanted to give you some of the benefit of my knowledge. Uh, this is the Jamal Show. Looks like we're going to be ending soon. I want to give a shout out to uh, Extreme Mix Radio, Ty Bless, Francis Mwange, all my friends and family. We will be back next week. Um... Next week marks the end of a six-month run for the Jamal Show, uh, but we will be uh, renewing our contract. So with that said, I'll be seeing you next week and thereafter. Every week, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., you will catch me here in this studio talking to you, my listeners. I love you all. You can contact me through the Facebook uh, page. All this stuff will be on the podcast if you missed it. Thank you for listening to Jamal Show on 97.5 FM. Power listeners. I know that all things are working for my good